Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Con season continues with a look at shows from yet another perspective, that of the collector. I'm very excited to welcome a brand new voice to My Comic Shop History. Please welcome Frank Rucco. Anthony, how you doing, man? Hey, everybody. Uh, this is great. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to uh, to bring you into the My Comic Shop History fold and, and have you uh, speak for the collectors out there who go to these shows hunting for items, hunting for grails. I think this will be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It's um, it, it, it's pretty much like a year-long preparation because it's, I, I think, all the conventions, they're so spread out. It isn't like okay, everything happens right now. Because, you know, you got San Diego Comic-Con that's coming up. That comes around, what, maybe June or July, whatever case may be. And then you've got your, you know, Philadelphia Comic-Cons. you you got your smaller conventions out in the area, Northeast Comic-Con. You've got uh, the one coming up in Connecticut, I believe. That's supposed to be a really, really, really cool one. And then cutting around, you know, you've got uh, the smaller ones, the more themed ones to... The brand, G.I. Joe Comic-Con. That's the final one uh, coming out this June, uh, the end of June. So that's going to be the final one put out by uh, the G.I. Joe Club. And uh, you got October coming around where you've got the big one, the New York Comic-Con. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's just planning your time, putting in your vacation days for work. Uh, making sure you've got that time set up, and then uh, now you're getting. I think around now, I think there was. Um, I, I what was that? I think I looked at uh, toyark.com. That's another great website. They're showing the um, San Diego Comic Con, some of the uh, the exclusives now that are start starting to show up and everything. So everybody's getting their pads and paper and wondering how am I going to get there or. Who can I ask who's going there? And, you know, the pre-sales start coming up on eBay and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, our wallets start screaming. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are so many shows. It's interesting. I mean, that's something that, you know, often when I think about that, I think about it from the perspective of, you know, people who are putting on shows or, mm -hmm. or vendors who are going to shows. But from the fan, customer, collector perspective, yep. it can almost be a burden as well to because you again as you were saying you have to budget your time and your money yes yes that was a, um something that i try to follow and you know speaking for myself but you know i'm sure other collectors out there probably would agree with me is you have to live i think when you're when you're a collector you have to live within your budget you you know it's great to have these things out there on our shelves to show off and, and have our fortress of solitude, our room for thinking and everything. You have a bad day, honey, I'm going into the room, you know. Um, it, you don't, you want to enjoy that collection. You don't want your collection to control you. And what I mean by that is, you know, you want to pay your bills. Pay your bills, put, you know, food on the table, take care of your family, whatever case may be. Then after that, you want to save money, put money away for a rainy day. And then that little extra money, you save it up. You get yourself a, you know, you know, a collectible, be it a comic book, a, uh, a baseball card, a toy, or so whatever case may be. A, and you got to manage it right because you don't want to have it where you've got something that's so great. I finally got it. It's great. And then a couple of months down the line, I got to sell it. Well, why? I have to pay rent. I got to pay a car bill. Just be like, ah, oh, just, you know what I mean? You, you you don't want that to happen in your collection. And I'll tell you, it's a fine line. 
it's a fine line because you, with a collection, you have an emotion attached to it. Same thing, they'll say that with a house. When this time is right, when you, you want to look for that house and it hits you, it grabs you. It's the same thing with a collection. And it's just, you got to learn to, you know, if you're going, going, doing a bidding war, you got to be willing to pull back. You got to be willing to walk away from it, you know, and it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And you find yourself sometimes it's just like, got this great collection, but you know, I'm in debt for four, four or five grand and on my credit cards. Right. You don't want to do that. Then you're not enjoying your collection. No, I mean, I think that's very sound advice. You know, a mutual friend of ours, Steve Odo, one of his Odoisms is buy the best you can afford. Yes. Right. So I think that makes, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of sense. Steve, and you know, you and I, we, we've, um, I, I grew up in Yonkers my whole life. It wasn't until I moved out of Yonkers to Rockland County in around like 88. So the places that we always went to was alternate realities. Uh, I think at the time, I don't know if you remember, there was um, the Dragon's Den. I remember Dragon's Den. You know what I mean? Dragon's Den. But I got to tell you, you know, alternate realities. Steve, uh, he he was there the longest, man. And and that was one of like the true last comic book stores. And I and I remember talking to him and it was and he, he still he still has that sound advice where it's like, you know, if you're gonna spend the money, spend it on something that's it's good. It's 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 it, you know, it, you don't want to spend money on something and then the cover's ripping off or something like that, and you're flipping until you finally get the one in the condition that you want, you know, right. you know, old, uh, construction or carpenter, uh, measure twice, cut once. That's same thing. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Now, you know, speaking of, of you shopping at alternate realities, you'll have to forgive me. I, I can't recall any specific interactions that we had. I don't know if, if we had any. Well, I, I remember seeing you a couple of times. Like, uh, I don't know if you know, Geraldo, Geraldo was always going there. Um, a lot of the times when I would go was pretty much like after work. So it was like around maybe around this time, probably six, six thirty. So I don't know if you were there or you ever did the late shifts right. or anything like that, or, or, you know, the weekends, it was like kind of tough. Uh, but now were you a regular? Did you have a, a pull box or no? No, didn't no. have a pull box. I should have had <laughs> with the amount of money I spent on comic books. I should have, but, um, yeah, it was, oh, great times. Great times. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk to you now. It's, yeah. it's funny. I was thinking about this because in, in looking back over previous guests I've had on the show, pretty much everyone else I've either known very well personally mm-hmm. before the recording or yeah. it's a creator or a convention organizer or a retailer mm-hmm. and I can do a fair bit of research. Yep. In this case, I was able to do some recon on you yep. before this, but for the most part, like I'm really just excited to get to know you and, and chat and Same learn here, about man. what you do. And what's cool for listeners of the show you kind of bridge the gap across the various seasons of the show because, again, you were a customer at Alternate Realities. You're yep. a collector. That was our theme for season two. Yep. Uh, last season, you know, we talked about other comic book stores, and I know, obviously, you've been to other stores. Yep. And then this season, you know, conventions, that's really the driving theme, and I know yeah. that's a big part of what you do. So yeah. this is a great episode. I think it really brings everything yeah, together. definitely. So I said you're the collector, you know, our, our yeah. collector representative for this episode. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, and I want to go back through some of your collecting history and all of that, but uh, what do you collect? I collect, let's see, my, my favorite has always been G.I. Joe. So that that's what I grew up with. I'm a kid of the 80s. Um, so definitely G.I. Joe's. Loose, 
that's that's what I've always like played with things like that. Um, my second from that is Transformers. So the original, the G ones. I still have the ones that I had as a kid. Um, Star Wars, definitely. I would have to say those are my big three: my GI Joe, my Transformers, and the Star Wars. Um, little bit here and there then of, of little pop culture things from, uh, you know, I've got a couple of the eight, uh, 18 figures of three and three quarters, got the Mego three and three quarter, uh, bone Luke Duke and the general, you know, um, a couple of spawn things here and there. Um, big on Voltron, Voltron, Robotech, anything, big bots, combiners, just something about those. Those are awesome. And then your uh, your Marvel and DC, your DC Classic Universe, your Marvel Legends. So th- those in diecast. If you really want to put one in eighteen diecast cars, comic books, baseball cards. Not not a lot with the baseball cards now. They've kind of nosedive. Like pretty much like anything after nineteen eighty. It's it's nothing really. Nothing really spiked Interesting. with that. Yeah, man. Yeah, the cards are fun. I don't know that I've ever even talked about this on the show. I must have at some point. But I was a huge basketball card collector. Oh, okay. Like in elementary school. Uh, I still have them. They're in a box yeah. in a closet. I don't really know what to do with them. I don't think there's anything that's necessarily well, that's, worth it, much. You know, I go through them. That's the biggest thing also is like I... With um, documenting, I guess, what I collect. I have like an Excel sheet. Excel oh, yeah, I was going to ask how you catalog oh, it. yeah. I have an Excel sheet that's broken down by what the item is, how it is. Like, I'll have five tabs on the Excel sheet that's G.I. Joe from vintage to the modern to the movie. Same thing, Transformers, vintage to the, the masterpiece uh, stuff. Uh, things like broken down to that. And it, 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 it takes you like a couple of weeks to really document because the other thing is also insurance. You want to insure. You're spending that amount of money on a collection. You, you be sure you you have that, you know, insured. And, you know, I've, I've gotten like different stories from it from um, I'm, I'm friends with Jordan Hembro, the toy hunter. He's got okay. his um, place in Jersey, uh, Hollywood Heroes. And, you know, I asked him, he goes, what, how do you insure it and everything? He goes, well, content, contents insurance, so full contents of the stuff. If it's a personal collection, you know, you're calling insurance companies and, you know, you'll go to the conventions and there's a couple of booths that are set up and sure your, you know, your collection here and try this there. Um, and then they say, oh, well, renter's insurance. Well, not necessarily renter's insurance. Renter's insurance does not cover everything. And uh, another thing I've heard is when you call the insurance company, don't say it's a collection. What they perceive as a collection is totally different what we perceive as a collection. Oh, interesting. You tell them, and it's funny, you tell them, because what do you want to insure? My toys. Be, be straight up, because they know, come on, you know, we've seen that was the State Farm Insurance or everything where they're like, oh, Barry, you know, you should insure your, you know, your, your collection and then a plane flow through the house or something like that. They know. They know there are collections, but you have to do your homework. You have to research. That you know, people may be wondering, you know, why do you have all these uh, receipts and everything? Well, it's to document what the worth is. Um, if you go to a convention or or a collector show and everything like that, okay, not everybody has receipts. So what do you do? I've seen guys with little notepads with their own little receipts, and they're noting, okay, how talk to this guy. Do you have a website? Do you have an email address? They note it down. Okay, spent this amount of money. 
And and it may be like to anybody else, man, you really want to know. No, you're documenting what you have. And um, yeah, it's it's it may, having a collection could be it's fun, but it's also cumbersome. You it you gotta maintain it. Yeah, you know it's 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 a lot. It's a second job. It's a <laughs> it really well. Is. I mean, on, on that note, and I know you have a catalog. You probably yeah. could give me a specific number, but I mean, generally speaking, I mean, how many pieces are we talking about in this collection? And if it's cool with you, I would love to throw up some photos on the. Facebook oh my god! Page, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll definitely. Would, uh, I'll set would you love on, to see it. Oh my god! I. It's funny. I have it on a on a, on a separate drive <laughs> that's in the car downstairs. I should have brought it off, put it on your lap, and just be like, "Oh my god." Um. I, a couple of thousand pieces. I mean, and you know what? For me, that's a lot. To other collectors, they'd be like, "Oh man, that's 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 one room." You know that you've and, and like I said, I'm I'm humbled. I'm I'm I've got a simple room, high ceiling, cathedral ceiling. I'm able to put a lot in there. Yeah, and you have everything displayed. Oh, right? I got everything displayed. Like, there's some stuff that, you know, you you have mint and card. I, I tell you, mint and card is a disease because you get started in it. I, I started really, I guess, consciously thinking, I'm a collector. This was in 96 when Power of the Force was reintroduced by Star Wars. All the figures had muscles. And um, that's when my my friend Jeff got me into it. Again, and I think that's when you really, I consider myself, yeah, I'm collecting. Other than that, I was just like, yeah, I still have my toys from when I was a kid. Right, so like you had these toys growing up. You played with them? Yes, oh, played with. Enjoyed. That's the the way to do it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, unless it's something rare, like um, I recently got a joke on last year, a 1982 carded snake eyes, the straight arm. So that's, you know, that I'm, I'm leaving carded and everything, but... I like it that it's been played with. It's been enjoyed. There's a history behind it, you know. And um, unless it's like something really, really rare that it has to be, I'm like, okay, I gotta have it box. I has to have it. I open it up, you know. It's not not the vintage stuff, right, <laughs> but right, right. but yeah. I mean, like you know, everything's all modern. It's all modern stuff. And you know, some people may argue and be like, yeah, but you know, that's what they thought about the G.I. Joes and Transformers, and look at them now. They're being graded. There's still some being found that are, are sealed. And yeah, but for me, I'm, I'm 45. Me and my little lady, we got our own house. We don't have kids, but I'm, hey, I'm Uncle Frank. To all my friends and kids, my, my, my nephew, love him to death. I took him to Toys R Us before they started doing the sales. First time being a Toys R Us kid. I, my age, open them up. Have fun. You know, display them all and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. You you makeshift these different shelves and furniture and old stuff from my grandmother and makeshift shelves that are like, oh wait, I can make something out of this. You know, an old stereo rack system. Oh, that's going to be a small little display. You you find a way how to like modern, you know, organize everything, and it's it's something to be proud of. When your friends walk in, they're like. Dude, this is like a toy store or a comic book store. I'm like, okay, I've achieved greatness right now. Every everything's good to go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I, you know, this is uh, it's really fascinating to hear this. This really ties back in with the second season of the show, which was mm-hmm. all about collectors and collecting yep. behavior and the completist mentality that drives a lot of us. And you know, that's something that I mean, I've as a collector, mm-hmm. I've cooled 
considerably from the way I used to be with comics and statues. Mm-hmm. Not so much toys, um, but definitely, again, the comics and the yep. statues and well, now pops to an extent. Yes. Yep. But, you know, it's, it's just always interesting to hear about these things because I know... I mean, you know, you use the word disease. I mean, it, you know, mm-hmm. it can be an addiction yes. uh, in a lot of cases. But just as far as this whole, the notion of, you know, opening them, taking mm-hmm. them out, playing with them. Uh, I saw you at Oh Yeah a few weeks ago in Harrison yes. for the uh, big creator signing. And we were talking outside about this whole idea and about yep. how these figures were made to be opened. The, well, yes. Yes. And that's, you know, there has been, this is what's great when, another thing, when you go to these, go to the conventions or you ha- may have your meetups uh, there's another great meetup uh, called the Tri-State Vipers, and it may sound like a motorcycle game, but these guys are awesome. These are G.I. Joe collectors in the Tri-State area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and each year they're gonna they set up for a meet and greet and meet meet your fellow Joes, you know, or Cobras, you know, whoever your faction of loyalty is. And uh, it's awesome, and you know you're, you're you're buying and selling there, but you're also having some barbecue food and everything. You know, just chilling out, having a drink, eating a burger, talking about Joe's, and the the conversations and the debates. Like you think you were, you know, something political was behind it, but you're talking about toys and collections. And when you were a kid, and you got this and and you, you know you know bill had the aircraft carrier and me and chris and john we brought our sky strikers and, and our skyhawks and we always and you know what i mean and, and it was just so much fun yeah and but the debate on no it's a toy no it's a collection oh it's got to be mint in box no open it up and it's 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 heavy debates it truly is a heavy debate and and you got to honor that. You got to honor that where you've got passion. You've got loyalists to, from, you know, vintage stuff to, you know, you have a lot of people that are doing like customs, like the O rings. Like uh, you've got some great people that are bringing out, uh, keeping the O ring alive. And then people will be like, no, that's, no, that's a repro. No, that's a, that's a custom. No, it's, it's a stand in. It's, you know, whatever it is. But the fact is, it, it's, really intense talking right over this so yeah man i mean like you you get somebody a purist on the wrong side just say ah, it's a toy how dare you you know he, he, you think you did something offensive and it, there, there's a passion behind that from all lines not just gi joe but star wars and transformers and star trek and and you know my little pony to hello kitty i mean the toys that made us you've got that yep, show right, that's gonna you know oh man yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I would agree that passion is that common denominator, regardless of which philosophy you subscribe mm-hmm. to. Yep. Going back to our mutual friend, Steve Odo, yes. you know, the former owner of Alternate Realities, I think you make him a little nervous sometimes on Facebook when <laughs> yes. you post about these things that you're opening, because he, you know, for him, I mean, he keeps everything yes. sealed and locked away. So uh, I think you make him a little nervous. The posts, and I got, I'll be honest with you, I've calmed down with the posts um, a lot. I, I, I'll be honest with you, with the whole thing with Facebook, and again, you know, you're, you're talking with people who you haven't talked to in a while and everything like that, but, you know, I had my original page since 2008, and I was nuts on posting everything. Post, 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 you know. And then, you know, with the whole thing with Facebook, getting breached and all that stuff, and then they, them giving you a chance to do your data 
yeah. download and everything like that. They're scared the heck out of me because I'm looking at how much stuff I posted and it got to a point where I'm like, okay, I got to organize this, close this out, blah, 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 blah. And the mobile uploads, 5,585 mobile uploads. The only way to delete them was one by one. I'm like, no. Oh, you couldn't delete the album? No, because it's a Facebook album. I see. It's, it's yep, a Facebook-owned album. So right. the only way to delete was to go, I'm not going. I'm not spending my weekend deleting photos. And it got to a point where I was like, I'm sending things. I have. Here's my new page. But, but, but. You think I was promoting for something? And I got it. It took a while because people are like, oh, Frank, did you get hacked? I'm like, no, no, this is legit. Oh, okay. They're asking me questions, private messages. Okay. On this day, what did you say? Like, what company did your girlfriend work for? And who was one of the people that oh, were there? Really and I'm like, you. oh my God. And I ended up, I was like, that was the only way to do it. And, and I'm being more conscious about what I'm posting. But Steve-O, let me tell you something. I He was just like, Frank, you're killing me. Oh, Frank, I'm, oh, you're, it's like you're stabbing me in the heart. I'm just like, I'm sorry, dude. I want, I want to touch it. I want to play with it. I want, I want to put the different heads on it, things like that. But um, yeah, it, it's hysterical. It is hysterical. Were you ever into the Kenner Superpowers line of action figures? Yes. Yes. that's something that holds a very special place in my heart. I only have a few of them, but, yes. and I've talked about this on the show before, <laughs> listeners will be familiar with this, but the Superman figure from that line was the very first Superman anything that I had. And I, really? you know, I've always talked about how I got into comics with the death of Superman, but, you know, and it was only when I was really reflecting on this that it, it clicked. I think the reason why, you know, the death of Superman grabbed me was I had the action figure, so I knew who the character was. So mm-hmm. that was really important in my journey. So I have now a couple of the, of the Superman ones, yep. and I have uh, just a few of the others, but little by little, I'm, I'm yes. picking them up. But were you into them as well? Yes. I was, my big thing was Spider-Man. Spider-Man, well, Power Force, well, not Power Force, um, Superpowers, Batman. See, for DC, Batman, for Marvel, for me, Spider-Man. So those still to this day, are my main guys. Gotcha. You know? um, that's why I don't know if you saw when we had the, the Legends, we went to the Legends signing. I was wearing my Superman cap, but I was wearing my Batman shirt. And somebody was like, hey, that, why are you wearing Batman? I'm like, hey, Batman's here to you know, pay tribute to his buddy who uh, you know reached 1,000. That's right. Um, but yeah, no, that was... I re- now, this was kind of... And I'm still trying because some collections that I've had that I couldn't find... And now I'm refinding because they 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 broken or gotten rid of. Because again, plastic was not made to last this long. Um, I had I remember when I was a kid, and I think it was Amigo, and it was I don't think it was the, the Fortress of Solitude, but it was the Justice League, the 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 Hall of Justice. Now not the um, the Superpowers collection where it was like that they multi did, they did that open. They did yeah. that playset. It was prior to that. I want to say it may have been Mego or maybe a company that came out that covered the Mego brand or whatever it was. But I remember it had a breakaway wall. It had the table, the Justice League table with the the hats and everything there. Uh, not the hats. I'm sorry. The chairs. I don't know what I'm talking about. Had the chairs and everything. I remember I had a breakaway wall and he came with a Superman. And I love that. And again, can't find it now. But trying to remember... 45 years ago, what was the name of it? Was it, I, I, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, man, like Superman, that was my, even though I love Batman, but Superman, come on, Christopher Reeves, that was huge. That was, 
that was our Superman, you know? And uh, I remember when they had the death of Superman, it was just like, wow, like this is, this was, I, I want to say this was one of the first time that we had prolific character that snuffed out. I know, that's the thing, you know, these days it's a rite of passage for a character to yes. die and come back. And it's yes. easy to forget that at the time, like that was a really big deal. Kids were crying. Yeah. Adults were crying. Like, that was a huge, huge thing. And I think with, you know, with that, we we all, I don't want to say we all had our, like, our, our dark moments or things like that, but I have to say, you know, we always had that character that got us through us. Like, I, I was previously married, and what got me through it was Ultimate Spider-Man. And I have from issue one to issue, I think, 111. And, that, and that's where I ended it, because that's where it kind of like... Everything. Was that the end of the Bagley run, or he kept going? The, no, he kept on going, because at, at I think, Ultimate, Sp uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number 111, I think that's when Peter finally told Aunt May. Okay. And I think the issue ended with him and her hugging, because it was kind of like... Giving the okay, I know you, you know, you know. But then after that, it kind of ended where the whole thing. They, I think they killed, killed him off. The ultimate line and everything like that. But that, that's what got me through it. That's that, and and definitely, I think we all at different moments in our lives, we we had. Uh, if if you're a geek, <laughs> you like, you know, we both are. We had that one character that kind of like got us. You know, we, you know, Stanley. Let's be honest, Stanley, Jack Kirby. Uh, John Romita, they told us stories when we were a kid. They were our grandfathers. They were our uncles, unofficially. But they told us when we were supposed to go to sleep at night and we had the flashlight and we had that comic book rolled up because we didn't care about it being creased. We didn't care about it being dog-eared on the corners. And if anybody doesn't know what dog-eared means, it's when the bottom flares out, be it on a carded card, it figure on a baseball card, the, the corners feather out because you probably flung them, stuck them in your baseball, uh, the the bikes in uh, the spokes and just made the motorcycle sound with them or you flip cards. That's what my uncle and my dad used to do in the in the playground. Um, that's what we did. They told us stories. And they got us through from either a hard day at work or for, as a kid, a hard day at school. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a wonderful sentiment. I mean, I yeah. agree. And uh, you know, I hadn't announced this yet, but I'm planning to do a book club episode on the death and return of Superman. Cool. I'm going to do it uh, in November. I'll release it on nice. the day of the anniversary of the release of Superman 75. Nice. It's it's something I've wanted to do for a while. And uh, this past year would have made the most sense because it was a, a milestone anniversary. Right. But that's okay. Uh, so I'm excited to do that so, and talk about the story and what it what it's meant. So I got to ask you, what what is is there a a bucket list of Superman items that you want that you've always wanted? You know, I wish I had a great answer for that. There there really isn't. I mean, the 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 Kenner superpowers would probably be the one, and I and mm -hmm. I have that, but that cool. was something that. Uh, you know, I had as a little kid, and then yeah. I, you know, I basically destroyed it and yeah. it was gone. And then I tracked that down uh, when I was in law school, and that's something nice. that, uh, I mean, it wasn't particularly hard. I just ordered it on eBay. Yeah, but uh, that was something that was important to me to get. Nice. Um, I, I guess kind of that's a good segue because you know, and thinking about collecting and collecting at conventions and all of mm -hmm. that, you know, these days with the internet, I mean, you can order almost anything online. But so I guess like, why why are conventions still a way for a way for you to get these things? I think it's, it's, there's still that hunt. 
you know, it's, you know, with everything going on with, and, and, and I apologize for all the segues, but it's it, there's like, there's so much to tell. You know, with everything going on for, you know, if you've been living in a closet with Toys R Us and them closing down and everything like that, or the big box stores like Target and Walmart and everything. You know, as a kid, you and you see people posting these old pictures from, like, we grew up with service merchandise. Consumers. Yeah. Bradleys. Anybody who's in the Westchester area or New York area, you know, Central Avenue, we had Alexander's. We had Bradleys. We had Caldors. We had consumers. We had service merchandise. Plus, at the time, we had Sears macy's sold toys usually only during like the christmas uh time and everything but we had a catalogs full of toys that we were able to get we were able to order if we gave a list to our parents i want to get this there was a good chance they found it because there was so much you were they filled those pegs there were never peg warmers. Everything was equally distributed in those boxes. They pulled them out, and you knew it was there. Um, nowadays, it's hard to find it because of uh, you know minimum standards of what you had to order from um, Mattel or Hasbro or things like that. You know, a lot of stores now they don't want to. It, it's all about cost efficiency. So they don't want to be stuck with all this product. And usually the way it's all, it isn't somebody just the way it used to be. Okay. I need to order more of this and more of this. I need to get five of these, two of these. No, the system there, there's an algorithm where the system's going, okay, we need more of this, more of this, more of this, more of this. It would have to be, <laughs> you would have to go to Jersey, buy everything that was on the peg warmers, go to New York return them all there, and then that New Jersey store where you took everything off, that's when they know, okay, now it's time to order more. And and it, the hunt, it, it's you have a better chance of just ordering online, for, for us as collectors, ordering it on Amazon, timing it just right, going to HasbroToyShop.com, uh, at the time, going to Toys R Us, Walmart website, things like that. Um, but for a kid... I'm sorry, there's a big difference between a toy aisle and a toy store. And that's a perfect example of my nephew, who's a year, four months, doesn't know anything about his store. I took him to Toys R Us right before they started doing the sales. I was in there for over an hour, but he picked out a toy, picked out his first tricycle. So yeah, that's, you know, you, you miss out on those. But taking from that, you go to the convention, you can still have your hunt. You can still have your list and like, okay, I'm, I got to look for this. I got I to gotta, I gotta get, um, you know, 181. I got to get 129. I got to get 300. I got to get this, that. Oh, I got to see if they have this. You know, a lot of the conventions, it's more of loose, complete, or boxed items. Um, uh, more of the themed conventions like PowerCon that's coming up. That gears towards Masters of the Universe. You have JoeCon, uh, TFCon. That isn't there anymore. You know, I think uh, Hasbro's going to have their Hascon. They had that the prior year, probably every couple of years. You have your theme shows, but um, the hunt is still fresh there. There's still people with their list looking for a mint item, a graded, uh, you know, twelve back if they can find it, um, a sealed Optimus Prime, uh, any 
you know, 1985 Snake Eyes with Timber, you know, there's a good chance you're going to find it at that convention. You still got that hunt. And it's it's always like, oh, we got to get that the first day. We have to be the first day. I don't want I don't want to miss out on that. You know, people are still going to pay uh, the extra twenty bucks to get in that hour early, because I want to get that before everybody. An- another great one. I don't know if you ever been to it. Uh, you got um, was it toy, um, New Jersey Collectors Convention? That's usually in Cherry Hill, uh, New Jersey. Another great place to go to. ZoloCon. Another great place that's just like nothing but wall-to-wall vintage stuff. Not modern, all vintage. And again, there's the hunt. The hunt is still there. It's still fresh. It's forever changed. But I think that's why people still go to these conventions. Because they still, the camaraderie, being able to find those rare items. And of course the panels and everything like that. But it's, that's why people still go. And the cosplay. And the dressing up of, of your favorite character, no matter you know, whatever your gender is, whatever your character, you know what? There could be a female Professor X. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, just be yourself, have fun. That's that's why people go, you know? And I'm still going. Still going and I'll do it till the day I die. Yeah, so I mean, tell me more about your, your convention experiences. I mean, first, I guess, just to kind of put it in context, I mean, like roughly how many shows are you hitting a year? I'm hitting about, and this is simple for me, but I'm, I'm probably hitting probably four or five a year. I've, I've slowed down a lot. I mean, like the biggest one was New York Comic Con. That, that's, that's the big one. Going to um, Celebration, Star Wars Celebration, that's awesome. Uh, the Joe Cons. Um, and then you got the small, like I said, the theme ones, like the, right. uh, the, um, uh, New Jersey collector convention there. You got uh, the Wayne show. That's the first Sunday of every, uh, uh, every month in, uh, Wayne, New Jersey. Um, you got New Jersey toy show. That's, uh, also there. New, um, RetroCon. That's another one that's in, in PA, um, NJ ToyCon, that's the other one. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, like my biggest, my holy grail of going is I, I've yet to do San Diego Comic-Con. I've yet to go. And it's usually every time I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready for it. Ticket sold out. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I want to circle back to that, but uh, do you, are you strictly a, um, a fan, a customer at all of these shows, or do you set up as a vendor at any of them? No, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. I've, the past maybe my gosh maybe the past five times i've helped like i said i'm friends with jordan hembro i've helped him set up as a volunteer help him set up because again just hell of a nice guy and worked it and i gotta tell you you gotta hustle you gotta hustle because you're 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 watching the booth of course on top of selling um telling it, it isn't just you know oh it's this but you, you want to tell the story you you know you have people that are asking questions because you are an expert and um it's just great talking to everybody um getting pictures with the fans things like that or or me being a fan getting pictures i'm, I'm not famous um i guess amongst my peers yeah you, you know we, we yeah, all are you talk. known within the collector community um, I, not somewhat but nothing nothing as crazy as all those other guys. I mean, like I, I shouldn't say famous. It's just that. Oh, hey Frank, hey, don't you right. know? I go with a couple of friends who I'm like, oh, you got to go this. And they're like, man, you know everybody. I'm like, let me tell you something. It's a, 
it's a solid group of ladies and guys just being themselves, enjoying what they're doing. And you go to enough of the shows, they know you, you know? And, and, and like I said, when, when it comes to the end of the show, it goes, I get a bite to eat, have a drink, and they just talk shop. You know, but there's guys out there, ladies out there that have these amazing collections and um, have, uh, you know, goes beyond what you and I have where they've got. Well, I wouldn't even I would not put myself in your league. at Oh, no. (laughs) You know what? There's there's different levels. There's different levels. But if you saw a couple of my friends that they have where they've got like whole basements dedicated to either props or 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 props made from the original molds uh huge collections like there's a friend you know justice curry uh joe damiano uh my friend jeff um a lot of great collections um dan he he helped do the whole thing with hascon with the the legends the original designers he's got a huge collection of from pre-production stuff um you've got uh, the guys from um declassified gi joe declassified where they've got original molds of the, uh, you know the, the original one-ups or two-ups and things like that that you see them at these collections and oh my god amazing stuff prototypes you know figures that were never used totally it's outrageous like it doesn't even compare i'm humbled i'm humbled compared to what these people have and it's amazing it's amazing i mean like there's there's our different degrees of collecting oh yeah no of course i mean that all sounds awesome it's funny i wish i could i wish i i could bond with you over the gi joe and transformers and and star wars for me i was just a, a smidge too young to really get caught up in all of that i mean for me a bit, a bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I definitely remember having those toys and watching the cartoons. Yep. But for me, and the listeners are well, are very familiar with this, but for me it was Power Rangers. That's really what grabbed me. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about when you have these meetups and you, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you reminisce and you talk mm-hmm. about the toys and everything. You know, last season I did a couple of episodes uh, about Power Rangers with some fellow Power Rangers fans who are my Huge age. Huge fan. Yeah? Huge All right. fan only because I grew up with Voltron. My brother, who is 10 years young, he's my half-brother, still my brother, um, 10 years my younger, he was into the Ghostbusters, uh, the real Ghostbusters, Power Rangers. He had everything up until Zeo. Okay. So all, the, you know, all that Mighty Morphin oh, stuff. Oh, he had yeah. all that stuff. And then, you know, he, he got tired of it, but he sold them and took that money and put it towards his house. Good for him. You know what I mean? So, but that was, I, that's what got me because it was the whole, that's the other thing. There's always that, that teamwork and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters, Power Rangers. I, I, I don't know if you got, did you get any of like the legacy, like the ones that they re-released through Toys R Us? So that was very tempting, but I held off. Uh, But they are, they are, yeah. Yeah, I could, yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't help it because compared to the original, still awesome stuff, the plastic, the die cast on these. Where, you know, pennies to the dollar compared to the Bandai, Solo Chogokin, all of those. Oh, yeah. I, I had to. And I think I got it only because it's like, that was a moment that me and my brother shared. Because yeah. at that point, I was making, you know, decent money. And anytime they came out with a Zord, I have to get it. And, and you know, at the time, what, the Zords were going for, what, 35 
$40. So it was just like, Mike, I got you another one. Oh, great. And it got to a point where he's just like, stop. I'm not really into them anymore. Yeah, but. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, so those figures, I mean, I had them all and they were loose and they were played mm-hmm. with. And uh, eventually, I, I think we just sold them at a yep. garage sale. That's those I kind of wish I still had or even just a few of them. Like, it'd yep. be cool. But, you know, when we did those episodes last season and I was talking about this with people who shared that passion, and I was talking about it for the first time in yep. decades you know, it was really something, and it, it was just that shared passion. Like it warmed it's, it's your really heart cool. again, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's you know to talk about things that it's like you know I always thought about this, but like you know you never talked yeah. about it with anyone. Yep, yep. <laughs> so it's really cool. And then as far as again, going back to the collector behavior yep. of this, you know, we talked about how a lot of collectors do have that completist mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you describe yourself as a completist? I mean, how how obsessively do you need to have everything, or or not at all? I suppose I'll be honest with you. For me, the the extent of being a completist would have to be of that item. So if I had a figure, I would have to make sure, you know, all the accessories were there and I had the file card. If it was the vehicle, oh, I could have to have those blueprints and and complete and everything like that. But I'm not a completist to the point where I need every figure complete, every vehicle complete from every wave of every year going up from 82 through what 91 i don't need everything it was the ones that really caught my eye right and um same thing with the transformers i didn't need the headmasters i didn't need the the um what was it the um not the headmasters the um the human ones the ones that went to the shells of the of the body i forget what it was um it was only ones that really caught me. I'm not an army builder. I don't need 20 vipers. I don't need 20 drivers. It was just those, you know. Um, I have gotten rebitten again with the whole, um, with the Palatoy UK versions, like the Z-Force, which are just recolors, redesign. More. But again, it's like, you got to pull back. You're like, easy, easy. You're losing room. You, you, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. It, can, it really yeah, no. is hard. So I know you said, you know, you had these these toys growing up, you played mm-hmm. with them, and then in the 90s, that's when you b- became a true collector. And then yeah. has it been consistent since, or have there been periods where it's, you dipped? It's been periods where it dipped, because again, you have gotten to a point where you have to pull back, you know, you got to you gotta ease up on the reins. Um, another thing is when you find yourself, you're like, oh, I got a new stuff. Okay, I got to put it in the closet or put it in the attic. That's that. That's almost like it, it's becoming now a habit. Or, or what, what's the coin? The phrase there's a new there's a new um, independent sh- um, thing that's being done. Uh, Was it the plastic crack? Okay. Right, and and that's what it is. You need your plastic crack fix. Um, and there's so, actually a documentary coming out with huh. that, and and um, I'll send you the link on that. Yeah, please do. And. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's it's like I gotta I gotta have and it gets to a point where you, you gotta pull back. For me, I I can't answer for everybody. I think that's the biggest thing. You you can't answer for everybody talking about yourself because you may offend certain people, purists. You know, big. But it, it gets to a point where you got to pull back. You got to ease up because then it gets to a point where okay, I gotta have that. I have that. I I wasn't a complete stand, but all of a sudden now I gotta gotta relax <laughs> you gotta you gotta think about okay i'm limited on room i'm limited on stuff you know yeah i was gonna ask i mean do you set any rules for yourself like if you find that you're getting to an attic space you're like nope i gotta stop well 
you know, it, and it's funny. My girlfriend, she'll be like, because, you know, I'm not going to be like, you know, changing one day and all of a sudden, like, the friggin' ceiling drops because, you know, you, you had stuff there. I try to keep it where upstairs is, like, for the empty boxes, okay. things like that. But then when it gets to a point where you're putting stuff in the attic or you're putting stuff in the closet and it's been there for, like, six months to a year, either switch it out, change it up, just, you know, at, at times, hey, pretend it, this, this is truly is your toy store. Change the stock around, change everything around. But if it gets to a point where you got it just to say you have it and then it's just sitting there, you know what? It's time to let it go. It's especially when it gets to a point where you've got 20 DC multiverse. Cause I had to have that wave. I had to get that. And they're still up there. Come on. Everybody knows what they're ranging between 1999 to 2199. You sell it on eBay. You're going to take a loss on it. You're going to, you know, eBay and PayPal takes 15, 14 to 15% off of that. Plus you, everybody wants everything for, to shipping for free and everything. You're losing money. That you, you have to put it in that perspective. You're losing money. Well, so kind of on the money note of this, I mean, do you collect with any monetary objective? Like I'm going to sell this at some point and it'll be a down payment for a house or is it really you, you collect to display and enjoy? I collect to display and enjoy. Um, I, I remember back in the day I used to, everything had to be t- two, one to open oh, and one, one for, oh, and it got to a point just like, what am I doing? And you know, I, I would trade other stuff for them or what it was is I would sell it to get something else. So I wasn't saving money, but I wasn't losing money anyway, because it was a le- equal swap right, and right, everything right. like that. You know, there are some items that there were rarities where they made money on their own. A uh, perfect example was, uh, or still is, and I still have it because I think it's a great set, but I haven't opened it. The uh, San Diego Comic-Con X-Force Marvel Legends six-pack, which was Wolverine, um... Archangel and uh, Cy- um, oh my god, I forgot. I'm dropping Cyclops, Phoenix, something like that. It, um, someone's gonna correct me and be like, dude, you have this and you can't even remember. Um, Psylocke, I'm sorry, oh, okay. Psylocke. Okay. So you had those, bought it for like, got it from the Hasbro toy shop, and I think it went for like $80. Now it's going for like 300 bucks, but I'll never get rid of it because it's such a great set. Like I'm not, I'm not a seller. I'm not looking to, 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 uh, try to flip and everything like that. But if it's something that I've gotten bored with or something that's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not into that type of collecting of that theme or item anymore. I'll sell it or I'll trade it, you know, but no, I, I'm, I'm not in, like I said, I'm 45 I'm not looking to like take these and, you know, bury them with me when I die and everything. If anything, it's it's going to be like sell them when I get old enough or get older, save the money for my nephew, put it towards his college. That's very nice. You know, put it towards my goddaughter, put it towards college. You know, it's 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 like that. I'm not looking to. Uh, and like I said, I, I've got a humble collection. It only looks big because I got cathedral ceilings in it. So I just go straight up. (laughs) Well, it was a while back at, oh, yeah, we did a hangout with Steve Odo Day. And I I think you couldn't make it, but you posted a video. Yes. And I saw you in that room with everything. And I'm like, 
and I file that away. I'm yeah. like, ah, we'll do an episode at some yeah, point. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, and you know, it's funny. I have a friend, Christian. Um, props to Christian, Jose, Jeff, Geraldo. Great bunch of guys. That's that's our collector crew. That's a bunch of great guys. Um, Christian used to work at a video store. A video store was closing down. So he had, an, if you've ever been to the old video stores, I mean, like, before Blockbuster, you know what I mean? As, as ancient as old comic book stores. You would have the big display cases in the back made out of wood with the sliding glass where you had video games or video, whatever case may be. So he was, they were selling pretty much everything. He was just like, yeah, I'm getting rid of the video case and everything. Well, how much? He goes, oh, 25 bucks. I'm like, wow. And they had two of them. Keep in mind, five foot tall, one foot deep, seven feet wide I'm trying to get this in my buddy's truck and at the time i had moved back with my parents because i had you know gotten divorced everything like that but i still had the collection putting it in the room and just like again you just feel like wow yeah you know uh you know typical stereotype living with your parents at the collection haven't done that for quite some time folks but uh yeah and i remember it just just had everything just stored in there but got it for like 25 bucks when I moved into the place that we are in now, we've been there for like probably six years. Um, I'd gotten that display case, couldn't fit it into the townhouse of where we are. So I sold it to a friend of mine who has a, a toy store, um, Farpoint Toys. Awesome uh, bunch of folks there. They're uh, in uh, Jersey near Atlantic City. Um, sold them that. And then I had the extra shells from the other display case that I couldn't use. So I actually built that whole one wall using the old glass shelves and hardware. So the part where it's like all those glass shelves where it's the G.I. Joe and Transformers, that's all from that huge display case. Oh, wow. So, you know, again, girlfriend's impressed, but she's just like, the holes in my walls. I'm like, hey, you gave me this one room. <laughs> well, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about her because I'm always curious what the significant other thinks about this. But before we talk about her... Yeah. I, I read an interview that you gave with a collecting mm -hmm. website and you yep. talked about your origin as a collector and the role that your grandmother played. Yes. Actually, two of them. Um, Grandma Mary, we'll always call them Grandma. Grandma Mary, that's on my dad's side, and Grandma Audia from my mom's side. So, Puerto Rican grandmother, Italian grandmother. So, my grandmother, she, uh, Abuela, really. Uh, Amsterdam Avenue in, in the city. And then when my step-grandfather had passed away, she had moved to Puerto Rico. So during the summer, for about like six months, she would come visit us, everything like that. So she always had something in tow coming from Puerto Rico. She got me my jazz. She got me my wheel jack. She got me my headquarters. She got me my dragonfly. She got me my airborne. Um, and, and among others, like a couple of masks. That's, that was one of my also favorites. Um, my grandma, Mary, uh, lived in Portchester. So the biggest one was the gallery mall, right? Right in, in white plains. That's when you had, um, heroes headquarters, heroes world. Or? I think, Oh, heroes world. There so, was a heroes. So heroes world. That was the comic shop. That's where I got See? that. The Superman. I'm telling you that one. And then you had a cross on the other side. Oh my God, Heaven. Comic Book Heaven. Yes. The late Comic Book Heaven, yeah. I'm telling you, so that, plus on top of that, you had Sears. Sears had, 
at that time, some awesome toys. And JCPenney's. That was the other thing. JCPenney's had some great stuff. So Grandma Mary got me um, my Transformers. She got me um, uh, Thundercracker. She got me Skywarp. She got me, um, oh my God, the, uh, the G.I. Joe Rattler. She got me the, the hovercraft. Like they, they all control. Oh, and also she got me Web of Terror, Hot Wheels, Spider-Man track. She got me Smurfs. I still have, I, I lost all the Smurfs, but I still have my Ariel uh, and Gargamel. Azriel and Gargamel. Still have them there. She worked for the telephone company, so she got me an Ertl telephone company metal van um and little things here and there but yeah they were the big contributors that, I, in know, I my love, life and I there's a picture of them in my toy room two photos of them that i framed out because those are those are my those are my ladies those those um my grandmothers they were awesome always awesome you know i love hearing that you know a few moments ago you mentioned you know the, the comic book stereotype of mm-hmm. you know living at home and i feel like another stereotype is that often it's uh and particularly the, the female uh you know family members are yes. always against it it's nice to hear you know something like that and that's yes. not always the case well they spoiled Gran- you know well, grandma's grandpa they, they spoil us so you know it, that was their their revenge when their kids used to put them through hell, they were like, all right, now there's my payback. I'm going to load your kids up with sugar and cake and cookies and toys, and then uh, there you go. Take them. <laughs> and then so flash forward to today and the girlfriend. I mean, is she in, does she come to shows with you? She, uh, she went to Star Wars Celebration with me last year in Florida. She went with me to JoeCon in 2010. And you know what it is? We made a trip of it. So Joe Con 2010, we were in Rhode Island, and it was funny. I met her in 09, August of 09. So in you know less than a year later, I was just like, oh, I wonder, let's go to let's do a trip to Rhode Island. Okay, yeah, great. What do you want to do? We're gonna do J.I. Joe and Convention. Wait, what? You know, but but again, you know, I did my thing. She did. She's a very independent woman. Awesome. Third degree black belt. Um, she kicked my ass. Um, but she's not into collecting, but she knows how important it is to me. And again, the, the, the main thing is, you know what? Pay, make, let's make sure the bills are paid, the mortgage is paid, there's food on the table, car payments are done, car repairs are done. Whatever money's left over, then we have our fun. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think about this all the time and, you know, within the alternate realities community and a lot, a lot of the customers yeah. I saw over the years, you know, and you never want to judge anyone's situations mm-hmm. like whatever works for you. But, uh, you know, there were certain things I observed that I always thought like that would not work for me. I mean, I, I'm really lucky and blessed. I mean, my mm-hmm. wife is like actually into a lot of this stuff. Awesome. Not to the same degree with certain things, though with others. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, so like we go to the shows together and she's into the cosplay mm-hmm. now. It's like, it, it's great. And we've talked about this. I mean, I think if she weren't into it, but she was still supportive of it, that would be fine. Yes. I think it's some of the things that I've observed that always troubled me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> were situations where the significant other is, is clearly actively opposed to it. And I guess what troubled me about that is, you know, clearly it's something that's it's important to the right. person. So right. that type of situation, I don't think would ever have ever worked for me. Well, I, in like, I had that before. That was a situation with me when I was married and everything, but I was very lucky. And again, I'm sure you are also very lucky that we met 
are significant others who support us in what we do, love us for who we are. Biggest thing is, she goes, you make me laugh. She, and it was funny. We, would have, we had a conversation. She goes, if I would have met you years ago and everything, goes, I, I wouldn't have paid mind to you. Because she was into the hard rock metal dude with the long hair and the leather jackets and everything. I am not that. I am stressed out with gray hair. <laughs> you're, you're wearing a shirt that says still plays with toys. Plays with toys. Uh, again, t-shirt from Jordan at, at his store and everything, which is totally true of me. I'm totally not that. Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, watch my weight and everything like that. And she pushes me and she's always telling me, hey, keep on, you know, walk, go run. Um, my dad, he's still in business in Yonkers. He's a karate instructor. So he's been doing this same business over 40 years, American Olympic karate. And he's, he pushes me. He goes, come on, just go, go. And he, he does not let up, you know, and, and I may stop and pant. I'm like, I got a swig of water. Okay, great. We're going to add five more minutes onto you <laughs> into the workout and everything. Um, but getting back to her, she, she pushes me. You know, she, it's funny. The biggest joke is she's, um, she's never seen Star Wars before any of them. And of course it would be like, and I'll joke around. I'm like, come on, let's see Star Wars. She was like, Hey, every time we're, uh, you know, when sex in the city is, is playing and you come in, I change the channel. I don't put you through that. So I don't, you don't put me through that. But you know what? We'll go and watch the Marvel movies no, together that's, that's we, great. we got like that crew that uh, that i said we'll all go and everything like that and of course you know she likes thor she <laughs> <laughs> but um she enjoys it she takes it as an entertaining thing an entertaining movie and everything but i don't force it on her to like this oh you gotta like this and everything like that um she does say she goes hey do you want you know when it comes to like uh my birthday or our Christmas and I'll be like, I'll be like, baby, what do you want? Well, I'll get that for you. Whatever case may be. And she'll be like, well, what do you, what do you want? And of course it'll be like, I'm doing one closure. No, I want the Batmobile that just came out. That's remote control. Okay. That's all. There so, you go. That reminds me. So in terms of what you're buying, I mean, mm -hmm. at shows, but, but generally as well. So it's, is it a mix of vintage stuff and mod? Like are you, yeah. you're still getting new stuff that's coming. Yeah. Out. I'm still, Yes, and also, you know, being mindful. Like, I I refuse to pay that crazy price for a modern. Right. You know, if I could find it, again, at Amazon or any of the retails or at Luckout or whatever case may be. But I'm not stalking stores. I'm not waiting, you know, before I go to work. I go, I got to check out Walmart for the next yeah. three weeks because they said something just appeared at Walmart in California. Oh, now it's in Michigan. Oh, there was a, there was a sighting of this in Virginia. I got, it's got, if I luck out and find it and it's there, that's cool. Uh, I try to be cost effective on that. I, I refuse to pay the crazy prices with the vintage stuff. You do your homework. You do, um, you check eBay, you check completed items. You just get an idea. You know, they're still going to be haggling. They're still going to be like, hey, would you, you know, you, you, you have it for 50. Would you do 45? Would you do 40? You know, there's always sure. going to be that, you know, the, and it's just like with buying a house. You know, you're not going to insult them. They have it for 50. Would you do 20? 
I'm not going to even counter that. That's, <laughs> yep. That's the situation we've been in as we've been house hunting and going back and forth. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you take all of that into account. You know, you know, kind of the, the, the dance that both sides are doing. But like I said before, you also have to have it where no matter, even, you know, you've gotten emotionally attached to it, but if the price ain't right, you got to yeah. be willing to walk away right. and know something else is going to happen or come down the pipe. As far as stores, have you ever been to It's Vintage in New Jersey? No. It's a great shop. So the the gentleman who runs it, his name is Alan. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a great guy. I've had him on the show twice now. The first time to talk about his show generally, and then the second time to talk about the work he does customizing action figures. Really, he, he's very talented. If you if you follow him on Instagram, uh, you can see all the stuff that he's been posting and, and on the, the, the Facebook page. Out. Cool. I think you in particular would really enjoy the store. It's about nice. an hour from here. It's in Mendham, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, it's it's so well curated. He's got a great selection. Nice. It's it's just it's a great spot. I think you'd it's like vintage. it. It's vintage. I got to check that. We'll we'll talk later and yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, I'll look that info up. Definitely, yeah. man. As far as, co- do you do the, co- are you into the customs at all or not? I do customs here and there, like not totally, like I, I'll take, um, I've taken a couple of the, um, I th- think when the Sky Strikers came out, I took and made the um, Robotech VF1S out of it and was taking pieces of like a beat up old matchbox robotech jet adding some things there Uh, a couple of friends who do um customs like they did the instead of in in the sky and sky striker you got the bomb that's in the center somebody did a custom cast of the gun like the large gun that putting it in there a custom head things like that um some of the marvel legends because again i gotta tell you it's it's gone to a point where you could find stuff on websites, um, on Facebook. A lot of the pages, a couple of these folks, they do custom heads or casts where you could paint them up yourself. So doing a custom instead of you just putting like the, the plasto or the putty on it and do they've cut down a lot of the time. All you have to do is do some little tweaks here and there and do it yourself. And it, it, it makes it more fun. Like I did a custom... Marvel Legends Blade that was supposed to come out in that wave with Punisher, but they never did. Somebody did a custom head of it. Came out friggin' awesome. I did some pa- uh, patches of uh, to make a uh, Firestar Marvel Legends using a couple of figures here and there um, pieces, and it was just it was just awesome. I mean, it's well recently the Black Series for the six inch Tie Fighter that came out. I recently did it where, again, being cost-effective, waiting until they went down to like $40. I did it to look like a vintage TIE Fighter with that bluish-gray color with the black panels and everything. That came out pretty cool. And then again, you talk to people on these sites. A guy did a 3D print of the back thruster for the TIE Fighter. Wow. I was like, oh, dude, this is awesome. I have it hanging off with magnets and everything like that. Um it's one of those things where it's just like just to pass the time. Like I'll set it where it's like either Thursday or a Saturday. I dedicate like an hour to it and go it. So it's just the fun of doing it instead of trying to rush it out. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm... yeah. It, it, awesome. Just these little hobbies, these little things that just keep you sane. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, certainly back to the conventions. It's funny. I don't know that we've talked about conventions. I, I know, right? Like, so let's, okay, so the focus will be conventions going forward <laughs> no, this in is the great. next three minutes. <laughs> no. 
you know, I think people listening to this, I, you know, I hope they'll enjoy and also identify with a lot of the things yeah. that, you know, that we're talking about. But as far as the convention side of it, mm-hmm. so like when you go to a show, like yeah. the doors open, where do you go first? I'll go, I would have to say probably to the main tables, like Marvel, DC, because usually at that point they're giving away comic books. Usually at that point they're doing the comic books, Lego, Hallmark, they usually have the exclusive because those go quick. Um, Bandai, they're usually doing the tickets because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll give you a ticket instead of you waiting online. They'll be like, okay, here's the ticket. Come back at this time. Uh, a lot of the tickets for the inkers, the drawers, the writers, uh, Jim Lee, that's a big one. If you're not in there and you haven't gotten a ticket for the first 20 Right, you're 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 not going to see him for that day. Frank Miller, you get online. He's he's he has the infamous beanbag. I remember I stumbled upon that line by accident. I'm like, what is this for? Oh, Frank Miller. I'm like, oh, he's here. I'm like, oh man, I didn't get, I didn't bring my uh, comic books. I didn't bring my year one. I didn't bring my, you know, all that other stuff. And they were like, oh no, he'll be here tomorrow. Oh, okay, great. What do you have to do? Oh, pull out a bean. I'm like, wait, what? They were like, oh yeah, the colored beans. I'm like, all right. Well, Oh, you got a green bean. You're mid- get out. It's <laughs> so funny. I had actually never heard about that. Oh yeah, the, you when he's showing up, what they'll do is you get online for the bean bag and you pull out and you could go back around again and what they'll do is they'll limit how many times so they'll be like okay for the first 10 people and that's how I lucked out. And you get the wristband, you put it on and then but I'll tell you there's people there but like I'll give you 20 bucks for that wristband. No. No, I'm not here to make it for, for something like that for a legend like that. Yeah. No. It's funny in the lead up to that when you talked about, you know, asking about like what people were online for. That's probably one of my <laughs> one of the funniest things to me. Like that question either are you are you online? Like is this oh, a line yeah. or yes. what is what, what are you online for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's just it, all the time. But you know what? It's okay because you find it that you're doing it yourself. Yeah. And yeah. you're just, and just like, oh man, just look at the sun. Whatever. And then you're, you find yourself like, oh man, I just became that person. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like, I, I guess my assumption going in mm. was, you know, you go in just to hunt, but it sounds like you take advantage of the other aspects of conventions too. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, like you, you, you're waiting on those lines for so long. Especially at those big shows. Oh sure. yeah. Yeah. You're waiting online and you know what? You want to get whatever you can. And, and again, you get get there early and you know for me i'm like oh yeah i got there at eight or so you got people who've been camping out since 3 a.m i mean last year going to the convention was during the time when they were mcdonald's was doing the um the szechuan sauce giveaway yeah me and my buddy we walked up to the closest one that was near the convention and what is new york in new york and i was like yeah we're here for the uh, szechuan sauce they were like yeah um See her? She was here since 3 a.m. I'm like, wait, wait, 3 a.m. sitting on the street. Bye. You know, that, that was at that point. But um, the conventions, I, I look to see um, any of the celebrities that are going that are there. Get some of the artists to sign. Artist Alley, that's awesome. Um, the Artist Alley is really cool. You know, it's it's funny. I don't know if I talked about this on the the. New York Comic Con episode mm-hmm. we did last season, but Artist Alley, at least in, from my perspective, wasn't as packed as I thought it was going to be at this past show. It well, that's the thing with New York Comic Con; they're always changing up 
where it is. One time, well, I think they combined a lot because they're doing construction last right, year. Yeah. So they were doing that. So it used to be over at the far end. So you had that whole galley mm-hmm. that covered that. So now they condensed everything where it was downstairs over to the left and it was hard to get into. So I think they limited how much, but I, I lucked out because, because there wasn't a lot of people, we were able to get a lot of signatures and signings and commissions done mm-hmm. from artists. Um, I have a friend, uh, Ben Bishop, awesome guy. He did, I think it was Batman. Oh my God. It was a sketch cover. And he did of, I was like, you know, the, 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 the anti-heroes of, from image, one guy from image, one guy from DC, one guy from Marvel. And he did on the rooftop for me, spawn with Batman with Daredevil. Cool. Hanging out there. I was just like, oh, that is so cool. But I'm I'm big on supporting all those artists because they're they're paying for those tables. And let's be honest, those tables are not cheap. No. So to have those artists come in and take their time and do stuff like that, I have no problem. Five dollars for a cigarette, you got it. Ten dollars for a cigarette, twenty dollars for you got it. You know, and and I'm all su- for supporting these. Uh, perfect example, um, and so, and celebrities you would never think of. John Leguizamo got to meet John Leguizamo oh. last year because he came out with a comic book that was based on his freak show. That was oh okay. So we got the artist was there. He signed and John Leguizamo. Some again, most humble guy you could ever meet. And then you have these artists here that it's just yes. I will take that. I, I would love to contribute to your cause because a lot, all these guys are independent. Yeah. You know, so that, that was really some great times. That That's one of the big things. If you can get any of the freebie stuff, any of the exclusives, if you can, but the main thing is getting to see the celebrities, getting the artists, uh, the, 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 uh, talking to the, uh, the writers, of these, uh, Grant Morrison, one of my favorites. Um, and then if you can, you make it over to the right. And that's where all the other, the toy and comic books are all there. That's, that's, that's the big thing. And you know, when there's something big going on, like now, right now, you know, um, it, it was funny when we saw, um, Walt Simonson at the recent show and everything. Um, all of a sudden, it's just like, oh my god, I, I got to get a Beta Ray Bill. I got to get a first appearance of Beta Ray Bill. You can't find them anywhere, except for eBay. But you right. know, and it's just like, ah man. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like when something big is going on, you've got everybody searching for that same comic. Oh, and and the same response is, oh, I just sold it, or man, I'm getting a lot of those th- today, or I'm getting a lot of those these weekends. You know, first appearance of Spider-Man's black suit. Uh, yeah, well, like our, our friends at uh, Zap Comics, they do a lot of conventions. Awesome. They're yep. they're fantastic. And uh, they'll often post like what the hot books were of yeah, the weekend. Corey, and, yeah, Corey, awesome. Yeah. And so I think most recently, you know, the first appearance of Carnage has been really big. We have the yes. Venom movie coming out. Yep. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, as far as, you know, again, like hunting for the toys and especially mm-hmm. the vintage stuff yeah. at these shows. I mean, like, what are what do, you, what do you generally find? I mean, like, what type of selection are you typically running into? You're finding 
a lot of it, it's mixed. It's a mixed bag. You're gonna you're seeing a lot of the vin, but I gotta be honest with you. For me, I'm seeing a lot of also the modern stuff. There's a lot of modern stuff out there. There is a decent amount of vintage, uh, be it loose, uh, be it um, a mixed bag of every little bit of Transformers, GI Joe, Mask, a um, couple of uh, like the Godiking, the diecast robots, and everything like that. Um, here and there, you've got your buckets of odds and ends. When you see a bucket like that, are you like, oh, this is great. I got to dig because through it. I'll be honest with you, but of vintage stuff, because if it's the modern, stuff, it's like, oh, box of transformers, you know, you know, five and under, but it's the modern stuff. It's not, uh. but when you see a bin, that's just loose vintage figures, you're be it. You want to use it to fix an arm fix a broken leg, a crotch, a knee. You're looking for those. You can get them for like a couple of bucks each. That's perfect. Those, those are great. But I'll be honest with you, it's more modern. It's a lot of what I find with the with like a New York Comic Con, it's a lot of modern stuff from the past five years, five, ten years maybe. When you go to one of these toy-centric conventions, mm-hmm. are you finding that opens it up more and you're seeing more of the vintage stuff? Oh, big time. I mean, that makes sense, I suppose. NJ Toy Con, uh, Jersey Collector Con, Retro Con, Zolo Con, those are vintage. That's vintage stuff. That's over... There are some modern there, but it's a complete flip because it's all vintage stuff. Well, that was always the joke at Alternate Realities. Went, well, not really so much of a joke. It was this is what happened when people would come in wanting to sell their books. And it was like, oh, I have really, really old stuff. And, you know, we're making maybe you know, 50, 60, 70 yeah. even. And it's, you know, from 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, oh, okay. And, and you know, the other thing is you, and you have to understand, you know, if you don't want to go the route of eBay or, or anything like that. So you go to the conventions because also a lot of the conventions, they're buying stuff. There's people that, they, you know, they have their booth set up, but they're also buying. And you have to understand, you know, you go in there and it's just like, I've got this here. And it goes for, it's sold on eBay for $50. Okay, great. So what do you want for it? $50. Uh, no. Yeah, I, that's what I was curious about, how the prices at these shows compare to what you're finding on eBay. Um... They're higher than eBay at times because, again, keep in mind, you've got booths that are going for $1,500. When you factor in the booth goes for, let's just say, $1,500, then you're paying parking. You're paying rental of a U-Haul or a truck. you got to find place to park that. You're paying tolls. If you're out of town, your hotel, your, I mean, and especially New hotel. York Comic Con, oh, yeah. you know, we have uh, one of the previous guests on the show is from a store, First Aid Comics in Chicago, you know, and they come out for New York Comic Con every year. And and keep in mind a lot of it, it because, hey, I'm all for unions. You know, you're protective. It's, it's like one of those like necessary evils. You got to have it. You got to pay your dues, but you got to have it. They're there to protect you. So a lot of these, like back in the day, it used to be, you know, you go to the front of whatever the venue is and give the guy, Hey, here's 20 bucks. Let, let, let me stay. Um, stay. No, no, not anymore. They were like, no, I, I can't do that. I can't accept it. You got a half hour to dump that stuff out. I'm, I'm being harsh by saying, dump that <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but it's like, you got a half hour to get that stuff out. Go, 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 go. And then 
you got to break down on that Sunday. So Sunday is, I think, um, was it? They're open until like probably like around f- five, I think. Yeah, it's not right. That's the so early about day. Five. You got to be out of there by seven. So you got guys just hustling, breaking down, blah, 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 blah. You know, I have friends who, who have it down to a science where it's just like, okay, we got the boxes here. Like every year it's something new. So instead of having the cardboard box, you save the cardboard boxes of everything that you saved. Instead of putting it and bringing them back with you, you save a little spot behind the curtain somewhere. So once they give you the okay and they're shutting off the lights and they go, everybody's going to go. Everybody's time to go. Break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Have everything taped up, closed up, everything like that. And you've got the guys, vans out front. And you guys are hustling down the elevator. Stories with the elevator of everybody cramping up, forget it. Escalator shut off. It's not even on. you got to walk down the escalator with the boxes. And it's a procession. Go down. Then you give the, the hand truck to that guy. You dump all this up, bring the hand truck back up. He's got his own hand truck going back and forth. It's... It's an organized chaos. Right. I think that's that's the best way. You know, it's interesting as you're talking about all of the, you know, factors that a vendor mm-hmm. at a show has to contend with. Mm-hmm. And again, you have the perspective of, you know, helping out at, at Boots and then also being there as a collector and, and customer yourself. Do you feel like there's any kind of tension and or disconnect between fans who are there expecting flea market-esque deals versus the vendors who, again, have all of this overhead and, and they... They can't necessarily accommodate that. Um, you know, you do get the a perfect example. I think they they use the word the looksies, where it's just like, oh, mm, how much is that? Oh, this is oh, this great. Oh, mm, oh, mm, oh, you know, usually Thursdays are the big day because it used to be Thursday were just for professionals. And then you had so now when you know they open up for New York Comic Con and also San Diego Comic Con. Um, that's the big day, and, and you want to get and sell the most out. But yeah, there's a lot coming in where you get like, and then you get the, like the sneeries, where it's just like, wait, well, oh, it's that. Oh, oh. You know, you, you have to keep in mind, this is not a big box store. This is not a garage sale. This is not a flea market. You know, this isn't the, you know, the... Um, you know, the road show down, you know, at the flea market down the road. This is a convention. This They specialize in pop culture, vintage items to modern items. And, and they're going to price point it accordingly. It's, it's going to be at sometimes a little bit higher than eBay. Sometimes they're going to be extremely higher. Because keep in mind, someone's not going to sell authentic 12-backs from Star Wars graded on eBay for $15,000 or $1,500. You know, you're not going to find an authentic Boba Fett that runs for ten dollars to $15,000 on eBay. No, you're going to see it from a private collector or you're going to have it showcased from a well-known seller. Um that that's pretty much it. Like you, that that's your extreme. Like you you'll see, um, the the power power of the force, the card the the with the coins, the superpowers collection, all carded, which is awesome. Seeing that, you're not going to get them for retail price. You're not going to get them for fifty dollars. You're going to pay right hundred to two hundred dollars, and you have to be expecting that. 
I talked about this a couple of seasons ago, but uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, I went, mm-hmm. um, again, just in 2016, yeah. and I found a booth there that had a bunch of the Superpowers figures. Most of them were not carded. They were in little bags, but yeah. I picked up uh, I picked up the Lex Luthor there. Nice. Nice. Uh, but like something like that was so cool mm-hmm. to find. I mean, like when's the last time you had a moment like that where you stumbled upon a booth and you were like, oh, I can't believe they have X. I found a... Um I guess from a comic convention standpoint, I found a Marvel Legends Spider-Man where I guess they call it the Todd McFarlane one where it's it's a darker tone, but it's, I guess it was, it's rare. Okay. Somebody was selling it for 10 bucks and I was like, how much? Like they didn't, know. that's the other thing. If you're going to be, know your product. Yeah. I was just 10 bucks, you know, toy comma. Okay. Um, but yeah, I found it for 10 And I remember when I got it and some guy was just like, how much did you get that for? I'm like, 10 bucks. He goes, good, fine. I was like, I know. Um, <laughs> but that that was like one of my biggest finds. I think from Joe Con was finding the carded snake eyes. I've always been a fan of snake eyes. So to find that card, and I got it, and the card was like a little ripped. It wasn't graded, but it was just like, you know what, I don't care. I got a card at Snake. So I got a good deal on it. Again, you're going to, I spent money, but going in, you have to know, going to a convention, if this is what you're looking for, you know you're going to be spending that kind of money, but spend it on some, again, Steve-isms. Spend it on something that you know that you can't find anywhere else that you're only going to find it at a convention right you're only gonna you know what i mean so if it's gonna be like that make sure it's in good condition you can spend that kind of money get what you're paying for do you have any other strategies like do you case like like, do you go to all of the booths before you'll make purchases or like as soon as you see something you go for yes i'll go to all the and you have to know going in there's a good chance Okay, I went through three booths. I'm going to go back to that guy. Right. All right, man, I'm going to get it. Oh, I just sold it. Well, yeah, you don't want to be that flat squirrel. That's the thing. That's the, and I'm telling you, it's, it's gambling. It's, it's gambling. It's, it's time you, you, it's almost at a point where that's why it's so important going in there that first day, as soon as it opens and, and you have to set a strategy out. You have to know like the greatest app that New York Comic Con has is every year they come out with a new app for that year and it breaks down the exhibitors, the artists, yeah. everything it is. I'm telling you, and they give it to you a while. Yeah, the apps are solid. Out. Yeah, I use them for, I mean, you know, Repop they put on mm-hmm. obviously C2E2 as well and, and yes. a bunch of other shows, but I've used the app for C2E2 and New York yeah. Comic Con. It is very helpful. It And it's there for a reason. You have to plan everything out. If you know you're going in there for the... And and it's kind of hard because you can't go in there knowing I got to do, I'm going to do everything. You're not, you're not. I mean, I I could not agree more. I mean, and especially with those, those biggest shows like New York Mm -hmm. and San Diego. I remember the first year I went to San Diego Comic-Con, this was 2011 at this point. And well, it was 2011 at that point too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I was, I guess what would surprise me was how much of the day I killed, you know, just waiting in line for a panel. Mm-hmm. And it is one of those things, like at those shows in particular, like you really do need to prioritize um, and you need to accept the fact that you, you're probably only 
get to do a couple of things. So make sure there are things that count and that you really want and that you're willing to invest the time in. Yes. And, 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 I, and I compare those lines to the same lines when you're going to Disney and Great Adventure. Sure. Pick out the things you really want to go to as soon as they open. Knock those out first. Now, of course, panels you can't control unless... Because it, there are different times. It isn't like all the panels are running as soon as we open the doors. Plus, they've made it to the point where... Now you have to go to Radio City. You have to go to Town Hall. Yeah, they have you spread have out a lot. You have to go to the yeah. PlayStation Theater because they're limited on room. But you have to go in there knowing, okay. And you know what? People will knock it, but I'm glad they do it this way. Lego, they now have a lottery. Bandai, they have a lottery. Fun School, they have a lottery. Because it gets to a point where it's just like, you know what? We have to be fair to everybody. And unfortunately... We have to do it this way. Um, Toy Tokyo, they finally doing the same thing, either associating their exclusive with Funko or they do a lottery. Um, Toy Tokyo, awesome place if you've ever been there in, you know, in, um, in New York City. Have so much stuff there, but the past few years, it's waiting on that long line. And yeah. you spend around close to three hours just to make sure you have it, because again, they limit how many days. Right. You know, I don't want to be there for the next three days waiting online for three hours, and it's like, oh, we ran out. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like any any effort to you know eliminate those long lines is, mm-hmm. is welcome because you want like you don't want people tied up in a line all day creating yes. a log jam. You want them walking around mm-hmm. shopping. You want them buying things, mm-hmm. buying sketches. You know, doing doing yep. all that. So it's a successful show. You know, for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I guess one of the one of the last things that I wanted to ask you, I mean, how long have you been going to shows? I have been going to, I've gone to every New York Comic Con. Um, prior to that, we used to go to the Apple Com. Apple, sure, yeah, Apple big, Con. big Apple? Yeah. Right across the street from Madison Square. So that was the one that was awesome because I, again, I, I live in Rockland County, so that was easily taking New Jersey Transit right over to Penn Station. Right there, you get off, do, boom, back. Um, but New York Comic Con, that was that was the big one. Like that was just like, wait a minute, like you know, are we competing with SDCC? And I remember the first year, uh, John Romita Senior. I had Amazing Spider Man number fifty, and it was. I think I told you this story where he was just like, I think him and his wife were there, and it was yeah, he's doing signatures for five dollars. I was just like, this John Romita. Yeah, that's I go, quite, quite a quite a deal. I was like, here's a ten. Take the ten. Don't don't worry. And he signed it. And then the next year, what was that? I think 2006. I think that was the first New York Comic Con. 2007 was the first time Stan Lee showed up. Okay. And I got to get because I still have to this day my first Spider-Man comic that I ever got. It was like a Marvel Tales with Spider-Man. It was with that computer that was killing people. And um, uh, the issue number escapes me, but my brother was there, and I had that one, and I had Amazing Spider-Man 50 that John Romita signed. And it was only one comic, and again, that was where you lucked out. You just waited online, and then Stan Lee showed up. Now it's like, you got to pay this amount of money, whatever. And, and it's... 
a lot has happened from yeah. that point. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole with, yeah. with the Stan Lee thing, but, you know, for anyone who's not familiar, I mean, you, I mean, you can look it up. It's, you know, again, his, his health has been an issue mm-hmm. and it seems like there are people in his circle who might not have his best interests at heart. There's, yeah. there's been a lot going on about this. Our friend uh, Dan at 13th Dimension, he wrote a mm-hmm. think piece about how conventions should stop booking Stan Lee. I mean, from the fan perspective, I mean, where, where do you fall on something like that? Um... Because it genuinely I, seems like there's an, like there's there's an issue here, and it's like how 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 should it be addressed? Well, it comes one of those situations where it's like, man, that's not right that they're doing, you know, however it's being handled uh, with that. But then again, it's just like, oh wow, I'm getting a signature from Stan Lee. Like y- you you have to break that to sound being greedy versus, you know, don't don't. That's a ninety five year. Uh, McFarlane, he did a recent thing where he was going, you know, people are saying, I went to see Stanley, but no, I went to see my 95-year-old friend. That's what it's coming down to. The man is 95 years old. The way I see it is, you had all that time to get a signature from him. If you don't have one by now, why'd you wait that long? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, I mean, right, and he has been doing convention appearances for, you know, for yeah. quite some time now. You know, there was a, a video in particular that was making the rounds where, you know, his handlers was were, were telling yes. him how to spell his own name. And it's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where, you know, from the fan perspective, I think, uh, you know, ultimately, for the most part, I think most of the people, it is coming from a good place. Like, they're fans, yes. and they want to meet, but when, you know, you see something like that, it's this like, isn't well, right. this yeah. isn't right, and if you are such a fan... Right, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want that for this creator who you love his work so much. I, in, like I said, when it's one of those moments where you want to end it on a good point. That being said, I remember Stanley the first time I met him. He signed my comic book, and again, he signed it with John Romita, Amazing Spider-Man Fifty. And I, and and again, you're you're in front of a legend. You're you're shaking. You're bumbling words. And all I could say is, Stan, you are the man. He stops signing it. He looks at me and goes, don't you forget it. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I, that was my moment. Yeah. That was my moment. Not a pre-set up, put your arm like this, and he's sitting on the stool and whatever. It was a moment I had. Right. Not a conveyor belt, not an assembly line. You know, I, and it's, and I'll show you next time. We weren't allowed to do, even back then, back in what, 2006, 2007, you weren't allowed to do the pictures with him or do a shake hand. But it got it to a point where I was just, I was telling my brother, Mike, get a picture. And it's a picture of me looking down. My eyes were closed and Stanley signed the comic. And then I did the other one with my brother standing there. His eyes were open and Stanley signing that comic book. Um, that's how I want to remember it. Yeah. There was another time I think he signed my Spider-Man 100. I was like, ah, oh, Mr. Stanley, how you doing? How you, how you doing? What? But it, it was there. Those are my moments. Yeah. I don't want to have a moment where it's like, it looks like he doesn't even know he's here. Yeah. You know, I, I want to know it, end it with a good moment that I had with Mr. Excelsior the man who who wrote who read me comics when I was under the covers with a flashlight. That's that's what how I want to remember it. 
Well said. You know. Um, so, I mean, it's not like you've been going to conventions for decades, but I mean, right. it's a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in these 10 plus years that you've been mm-hmm. going to shows, I mean, what sorts of changes have you seen in them? I mean, probably the rise of cosplay is, is among the, the biggest yes, of them, right? I think the, com- the combining of the different shows, because you would have... It, you would have the anime shows, you would have the convention shows, you'd have the cosplay. Everything now is all one. So you're seeing different, from the toy lines to, and keep in mind, and, and that was the big thing with San Diego Comic-Con, it's not just a comic convention anymore. No, I mean, San Diego in particular is, is I mean, probably the most pop culture heavy. It's, yeah, and that's what, you know, Reed... And and New York Comic Con is it it's covering the whole scope of pop culture, from TV, movies to the toys to the artists to the cosplays. It's everything. It's getting busy. It's getting very 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 busy to the point where you gotta like it, we were talking about planning before. It isn't so much figuring out. Okay, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do here. Who I'm gonna see. You gotta pack a lunch. You got to pack a lot of water. Know that your shoulders are going to get worn out because you're going to be walking around. You're going to be bumping into people. Yep. You got to have a a. Uh, you have to be patient. I you know it's funny. I I put a call out on Facebook. I was like, what kind of topics you know do people want to hear about this season? As we're mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. about conventions, and I got a lot of great suggestions. Some tied in with things that have already been in episodes mm-hmm. or will be in future episodes. And, and someone just today suggested a, like a Comic-Con survival guide. Tips, yes. Tips for people who are going to, especially like New York and San Diego for the first time. And I like that because I guess, you know, I've been to both of those shows mm-hmm. multiple times now. So I guess I kind of take it for granted, but yep. it's true. It's like if you're, and they can be so intimidating and there's so much going on. So I think whether it's a full episode or part of an episode or something like that, I think we'll do some kind of like a survival guide. I think it'll be fun. Definitely. Because, and, I would have to say number one is don't go in there thinking you're going to do everything on the on that first weekend of you ever going there. Yep. You're not going to see everything. And secondly, you have to have patience. Whether you're a newbie to this or you've been you're a veteran at this because there's a lot going on, there's a lot of people bumping into each other, there's a lot to see. There's goods and bads. That's how the bad is you're going to be bumping into. You're going to be spending a lot of money, but you have to go in there. You you know, you could be frugal. You know, um, you could do just the one day. You can do, if a lot of times, they, they also have the professional passes. Yep. So for the press, and you know, but doesn't mean you're getting into all the venues. It doesn't mean you're getting, you know, getting in there any early. But I would definitely say definitely do a survival because there's a lot going on. And like I said, the, the conventions, every year it's something new. There's Whether the hype is a movie, it's a game that's coming out. Whether it's a new comic book or the new thing of, oh, you know, I got to get Star Wars this year. Or I got to get G.I. Joe this year. Like, right now... You know, G.I. Joe, there's there's the fan base of G.I. Joe, but what's really is fantasy. Everybody wants to do something or get into something that takes them away from their normal dues. 
I'm not saying it's humdrum or anything. It's it's reality. This is what we do. We go to work. We get up. We go to sleep. We we have that little time, that little break, that Saturday and Sunday provided. We're off on Saturdays and Sundays. Some of us, we work six days a week, seven days a week. At the end of the day, you want to go somewhere where you can take a break and truly be yourself or not be yourself. That's what's great about these conventions because you can dress up and be somebody else. It's an, it's another Halloween. It's another Halloween and you could be somebody else. Be that kid again. Bring your kids, bring your niece, bring your nephew, whatever. Just, just a time to just breathe and not worry about what's going on in the world for just a little bit. Not forgetting it, just take a break from our reality that we live in and just have fun. That that's that's the main thing I could take out of that. Not going in and going, I got to pick up these exclusives because I want to sell them on eBay. I want to I'm going to spend the whole time and some of us are just going to the convention to just have a good time and just be like I'm not looking to buy everything, but I want to pick up that first appearance of Punisher. I want to pick up that first Harlequin appearance. I want to pick up that first black suit of Spider-Man, that first cable, that first Deadpool. That's all my focus is going to be. Not to come out of there with bags of stuff. You know, it's everybody has their own thing, but for me, it's at this point in my life, it's just to go there and just have fun. Well, I couldn't think of a more perfect note to go out on here. Is there anything else Thanks. that you wanted to say? Um, thank you for having me on here. This is awesome. Uh, I've been, you know, we, we keep passing each other in the, uh, be it uh, All Year Comics in Harrison or talking to each other on Facebook and things like that. So to be part of this and help contribute to what you're doing I'm all for that, man. Um, and I wish you all the luck on this. Really. This is this is really, really cool. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being part of this. Oh, anytime. Uh, I look forward to our next chat. Definitely, man. Uh, so thank you again. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks with another all-new episode. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel. This season of My Comic Shop History is brought to you in part by Undiscovered Realm in White Plains, New York. UR has the biggest selection of Funko Pops around, with more than a thousand in stock, starting at only $5 each, as well as a large selection of rare, high-end, and exclusive pops. UR also hosts daily card game and video game tournaments, and sets up at dozens of comic conventions across the country. Check out Undiscovered Realm in person or online, and be sure to tell them Desi Westside sent you.